You might have to give up a lot, Jesus says. Things, relationships, even the people closest to you, your family, might not understand you. Are you going to stay with me even then, he asks. So if I were only to tell one story about discipleship, one story from the Bible that would teach people about Jesus and what he was about and what it means to be a person who follows him, this would not be the one I would choose. This would not be it. That's not to say the kind of discipleship described in today's gospel is not important, but it is only a part of the full picture. And therefore I find this such a hard text to hear on its own, to split up from the whole of even just Luke 14, but fully without the rest of what it means to be a disciple alongside it. We sometimes call this set of verses in Luke's gospel, the count the cost section of Jesus's sermons, of his teachings. He is bringing a hard truth to his disciples and he wants them to know that Discipleship is not all sunshine and rainbows. His words here might seem harsh or even a little unfair, but the section of Luke's gospel right before this, right ahead of this in Luke 14, is a set of stories where people are thinking following Jesus puts them in the better seats, makes them higher, more important, just better. In fact, the story today is right after the parable of the great banquet where Jesus had noticed his followers fighting on the side over who was the most important, so he told the parable about not sitting at the best seat at the table. That parable ends with Jesus saying, you think being my disciple means you've got it made, that you're in, that you're special. And yes, there's a benefit to following me, but there is also a cost. Jesus is asking his disciples to think about what they are willing to give up for the sake of the gospel. That's the core of this story today. Count the cost, he says. And then he gives them two examples to think about, a building project and a war. Now, I do not know a lot about war, but I do know about building projects. We just had a roof replaced. Turns out if you take all the shingles off and then the stuff underneath the shingles is bad, they won't put new shingles back on unless they decide to fix all the rest of the roof. It's fun, it's fun, it's great. I highly recommend it. Before you start a project of any size like this, like a roof or even a smaller project, you sit down and you try to figure out some details, right? How long will it take? What supplies do you already have? What do you need? What can you afford? Can you do the work yourself? Do you have to hire someone? Maybe you can take some bids, figure out who can give you the best deal or the best quality for the price, right? You might even try to figure out if insurance can cover any of the costs. And as many of you know, I'm, I'm very sure, there is the dreaded unforeseen cost, like roof decking, hypothetically. These things that crop up when you're working on a building project that suddenly prolong the project or add to it or change it all together. Before you start, you count the cost. You try to build some of that in before you decide to start. I'm sure when you decide to do a building project, you count a benefit too, right? We need a new fill in the blank. I would like this to look this way. 
but you definitely don't start without counting your cost. Jesus is telling his disciples to do the same kind of work around following him. He wants them to count the cost of being a disciple before they sign on. He's preparing his disciples for what they're going to encounter. He's not trying to discourage them. He just doesn't sugarcoat it. He wants them to be real about what it means to be a disciple. Now, while our world isn't quite as dangerous for us as Jesus followers, I promise, I promise in this country you are not being persecuted for your faith. I promise you are not. But there is still a cost for us as well. Jesus is trying to prepare us for what we might encounter as followers. Most of us, I think, recognize that discipleship doesn't mean only good things will happen from here on out. I hope most of us realize this. We might have already experienced this, that we might not be happy all the time or get what we want. We know this in our heads, I think. Discipleship isn't about happiness or getting what we want, but it's about learning and growing while we remain faithful to following God. Jesus is asking us to wonder together, can we faithfully follow Jesus no matter what? Can we faithfully follow even when there's a cost, even when it's not all sunshine and roses? I know a lot of people have struggled with their faith over the past two years. I'm right there with you. It was hard to be in isolation and not wonder what the heck God was doing. It is hard to be faithful, to continue to remain a person of faith when it feels like everything falls apart. As a pastor, as a clergy person, the language of faithfulness and call is a part of our training and education. It's, it's just built right into our first through last class. Over and over again, we are taught that one of the ways we do this faithfulness journey is to constantly ask, what's the next most faithful step? And then we are trained to be open and ready to go wherever God is leading. This kind of work is not natural. It is trained into us because it is not natural. This kind of curiosity and flexibility and faithfulness is not intuitive. And it is definitely not the way the systems around us work. Systems, including the church, will tell us that we only have to stay a disciple as long as we still like being a disciple, right? As long as it makes us happy, as long as we get a benefit, as long as we still get something out of it. How far has the church come from what Jesus described as discipleship? You might have to give up a lot, Jesus says. Things, relationships. Even the people closest to you, your family, might not understand you. Are you going to stay with me even then, he asks. Discipleship is a confusing word, I think. It's a confusing theory, confusing ideology. I think sometimes we assume it just means going to church, 
It's so much bigger than church. Making it about being here on a Sunday morning really misses the mark. Now, don't get me wrong. Your presence here matters. Every time you walk into this space, you are here as a part of the beloved community. And when you can't be here in person, but you join us through the podcast or online streaming, your presence matters. The kingdom of God is wide and stretches far beyond the walls of this building. But attendance is not discipleship. Neither is giving or helping out here and there when I have time or if I like the project or the person leading it. When you sign on to be a follower of God, to be a disciple, you are signing up for something so much bigger than attendance or membership. And Jesus doesn't want us to pretend that we know what's coming. He doesn't want us to pretend we have it all figured out. He doesn't want us to pretend everything will be smooth sailing. We hear this a lot in televangelism and evangelical Christianity. Just follow God and your life will get better, right? Everything will be better. But Jesus wants us to be disciples. He wants us to follow God. He knows that following him brings us to life. And that is what he is there for, for us to have life and life abundantly. Now, if you're anything like me, you hear all of this stuff about giving up your family and your friends and your things, and you start to wonder if following Jesus is even possible at all. Is it even possible? It's my nature to want to be the best disciple that has ever discipled in the history of disciples. But we all know that that's just not realistic, right? I am certainly going to fail. I will surely fall down, fall away, fall apart. When Jesus says he wants us to count the cost, he just wants us to be real. To not sugarcoat or pretend. To just be real. We only need to be willing to give everything up. Our happiness, our need to be right, our ego, our wants, our preferences, all of it. Just be willing. Just be willing to let it go for the sake of bringing the good news of who Jesus is and what Jesus is about into the world. Can I do it? Probably not. It's going to be honest. Probably not. But I can try. I can try because I know that Jesus goes before me and goes with me, so I don't go alone. And when I feel alone, Jesus offers a beloved community to go alongside me. The Greek word for disciple that is translated all through scripture as disciple is mathetes, and it literally means pupil, like student. That's it. I find this particularly helpful because the only job of a pupil is to learn. That's it. Just need to show up and learn. We don't require perfection in learning, right? We just require presence. You are loved, you show up, you try, you fail, you learn, you try again. 
All it means to be a disciple is to faithfully try to follow Jesus. To step out in the world and try to learn what it means to be with God in the world. Now notice, this whole process of discipleship starts with being loved. It starts there. You are loved the whole time, even in the trying, even in the failing. I keep trying. Me, Pastor Natalia, I keep trying this thing because I believe it's worth it. I fail a lot, but I believe it's worth it. Discipleship is hard. We count the cost, but it is worth it. One of my seminary professors, Dr. Joy Moore, said, we have to decide, is this message about who God is in the midst of a world that is full of hurt and horror a hope we can still offer? Can we count the cost? I think it is a hope we still can offer. And for us here today, it starts right here at this table. It is here where we are welcomed, where we are seen, where we are fed for the journey ahead as disciples together on the way. It is here we begin as loved and we hear these words for you. This is given for you. And then you are fed and nourished and sent. The Spirit has empowered us. We go in the name of Jesus. But before I send you, I want to read you this blessing from Kate Bowler. We read her blessings sometime around here. This is a blessing for when you see things as they always were. Blessed are you who see it all now, the terrible, beautiful truth that our world, our lives seem irreparably broken. And you can't unsee it. The hungry kid, the exhausted mom, the woman who wonders if any of this is worth it the loneliness and despair. Blessed are you who glimpse reality and don't turn away. This kind of seeing comes at a steep cost, and it is a cost you may not have paid intentionally, but here you are, seeing things clearly. Blessed are you who have worked hard to keep your heart soft, you who live with courage, fixing what is within your reach, praying about what is not and loving, still. May you experience deeper capacity and glimpses of hope as you continue to see the world as it is, terrible, beautiful, fragile. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.